0: Marcus de Lafayette was a Frenchman who was uh, a key uh, person, an invaluable person for George Washington and the American armies during the American Revolutionary War. But after the the war, Lafayette went back to France, back to his home in France and took back to, to farming. That's what he was before the war, and so he went back home and he, he began farming again. Well, as he began to back farming, things went along. In 1783, something took place in France that all the crops just failed. It was a horrible harvest. And so many people throughout France were affected by this terrible harvest but lafayette's farm was unharmed it produced well and so uh, one of lafayette's workers he gave him some what most people would think good advice he said to him said look the bad harvest has raised the price of wheat so now is the time to sell it's the time to sell and make a profit but lafayette he thought about it As he began to think about it and began to think of all the the peasants throughout the villages suffering from this terrible harvest, he said, No, this is not the time to profit. This is the time to give. God blesses us, not just for our own benefit, but also so that we can be a blessing to others who are in need. The tendency for us all too often is to hoard up, save up, and keep for ourselves, build up our own treasury. When God says, give to others as I have given unto you, the best, the best antidote that we can have for greed is generous giving. And so we at First Bastrop value generous giving. We value generous giving as we've been going through our core values, a key core value for us. And this church shows it time after time. This church is a giving church. This church believes in generously giving to others. When there is a need, this church, time and time again, in the three years I've been here, I've seen this church step up and give to meet those needs we believe all good things are graciously given to us by god and wish to bless others with god's grace through generous giving helping meet the genuine needs of those who god has placed before us starting in the church and extending to our community and then to our world let me read that again We believe, as first Bastard, we believe all good things are graciously given to us by God and wish to bless others with God's grace through generous giving, helping meet the genuine needs of those God has placed before us, starting here in our church, extending to in our community, and then to our world. So today we're going to look at that principle, generous giving. And as we look at this, I pray that our hearts would grow all the more with that desire to be generous givers. So today I'm going to show you, first of all, three, three reasons we value generous giving. And then I want to show you three keys to generous giving and close with three ways to respond with generous giving. So three uh, reasons, three keys, and then three responses that we can have today. So let me pray for us. This is a kind of a longer text. We're in a, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 15 this morning. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 15. And we're just going to kind of work through the text. It's a longer text, and we've got a lot to cover, so we want to just kind of work through it instead of reading it all. So let me start then by blessing our our time of of message, and get into the text. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all the rich blessings that you pour out upon us day after day. Lord, here in America, the poorest of us are the richest in the world. So, Lord, thank you for all that you give to us. And, Lord, may we not hoard up for ourselves, but may we honor the gifts that you have given us and give to others around us. Bless them with your love by generously giving to meet the needs all around. Father, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, we pray today you would write its eternal truth on our, all our hearts. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 through 15 this is towards the end of paul's second letter to the church in corinth and let me just kind of catch you up on what's going taking place paul is is kind of, kind of taking up a collection from all the churches so this is his, during his third missionary journey probably halfway through his third missionary journey he is in ephesus but there is a famine taking place back in jerusalem and so Paul is, is going around to different churches, sending some of his ministry partners around to st- different churches to make a collection for those Christians who are back suffering in Jerusalem from this famine. And so now as he is, he's written this letter to Corinth, he has addressed some issues that's been taking place there, and now as he kind of gets more close to the end, he, he appeals to them to... Give, to be gracious givers to the per- church back in Jerusalem. And so that's why we get to this text today. He is appealing to them to be gracious givers. And so in this text, first we see three reasons we value gracious giving. Three reasons we value gracious giving. First of all, we value gracious giving because gracious giving is the legacy of the church. Gracious giving is the legacy of the church. Notice what he says in verses 1 through 7. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. Now, Macedonia are the churches just north of Corinth. There are the churches of, of, say, Philippi and Berea and Thessalonica, those churches up in there. And so they have already given. He says, I want to tell you about their giving. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on, the, on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means for, uh, for their own accord begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief to the saints, and this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. So these Christians in Macedonia and these northern churches up in, in the northern part of Greece, they have already kind of given to this this collection. And Paul notes that, that something's going on there, something maybe they're in a famine themselves. Uh, most likely there's there's persecution that's taking place there. We know that in Paul's second missionary journey that persecution began, especially in Philippi. He was arrested and beaten, he and Silas. And so likely that persecution continued on after they left. Whatever the case is, they're 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 giving out of poverty. They are suffering loss themselves. And Paul says, not only do they give out of their means, not only do they give out of what they have left over, they're they're giving beyond that. They're digging deep to give to this collection. They are are suffering so that the, the Jews, the Christians in Jerusalem, can be blessed and provided for. Paul is saying, look at the legacy of the church. He is appealing to Corinth, Look at the legacy of Christ's church. Look at these other churches, what they're doing. They are giving beyond their means to support those who are in need. Well, as we look at the church throughout the ages, this is a, the common theme. We see throughout the church, the church having this legacy of gracious giving. Caesarea was one of, the first, one of the largest cities in the Roman Empire during the 4th century. But when the, the city was suddenly hit by a plague, uh, the people just left out. I mean, they fled. The town became a ghost town. People left their family, their friends, all of them behind, all who were sick. They left them behind to fend for themselves. They were getting away. Don't want to catch this mess. Let's get out of here. Everyone fled except for one group, you know who? The Christians. The Christians stayed behind in Caesarea to take care of the sick, to provide for all of their needs, and to even bury the dead. They gave of themselves, even sacrificing their own lives to stay there and help those who were in need. And so it's been the story throughout history. You think about even the last Ebola uh, uh, epidemic that took place in Africa. Who was it who was flying to the scene as everyone else was getting out of the country? Who was going in to help those who were in need, even putting their own health at risk to help those who were in need? Christian doctors and nurses, giving them the love of Jesus Christ. The legacy of the church is generous giving. So we value because of because it's the legacy of the church, but we also value generous giving because it's the legacy of Christ. It's the legacy of Christ. You see, we didn't just come out this come at this on our own. Jesus gives us the perfect example. Look there at verses uh, verses eight. Verse eight says, "I say this not as." a command but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love is genuine. For, here's the reason, for, this is why you give, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. isn't that the story of Jesus Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior who was rich eternally rich he was God most high the very son of God who was for all of eternity the son of God he reigned in glory by his father's side in heaven but he set aside his glory he set aside all the riches of heaven to come to this earth in poverty. To lose everything. Living a whole, His whole life in poverty and going to the cross and giving everything, even His life. And why? What for? So that we might inherit the riches of heaven. He became poor. Poor so that we could become rich. Paul tells this well in Philippians chapter 2. Y'all, y'all know this verse well. Most of y'all know this verse well. And Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And here we go. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped. We couldn't get there. We couldn't get to to that stature. We couldn't obtain the riches of heaven and the riches of God. We could not grasp it. But he emptied himself, he set aside his glory. He took the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was infinitely rich. He had everything, everything on this earth, everything through all of creation belonged to him. It was made By him, for him, and through him. It was all his. And he set it all aside. We are bankrupt. We have nothing except for what God's grace gives to us. We are bankrupt. And I'm not just talking about our our checking account. We are spiritually bankrupt. We have no relationship with God because of our sin. We are rebels. We are enemies of God. We are absolutely bankrupt. But Jesus who was infinitely wealthy, infinitely rich, set aside his riches, and he became bankrupt. He had nothing. And he went to Calvary's cross, and he emptied himself further by taking on our debt. He took upon himself our bankruptcy, and he died and paid our debt in our place. And why? Why? so that he could add to our account all of his infinite blessings and wealth. Christ became nothing so that we could become children of God. We value generous giving because it's the legacy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We value generous giving because it's the legacy of the church. It's the legacy of Christ. And third, we value generous giving because generous giving leads then to Christian maturity. Generous giving leads to Christian maturity. Look what he says in in verses 10 through 11. Picking up in verse 10. And in this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you who a year ago started uh, not only to do this work, but to also to desire to do it. Now, what happened a year ago? That was around about the time Paul was there building the church in Corinth during his second missionary journey. And so about a year ago, Paul was there. He was preaching and teaching. And all of these, these, these Christians, all of these people, all of these Gentiles who were once pagans, now they're becoming believers. They're trusting in Jesus. And what's taking place as they're trusting in Christ? The Holy Spirit's moving in. They once desired to, to, to obtain the things of the flesh. But now Christ has moved in. The Holy Spirit has moved in. And the Holy Spirit is changing their desires. He's giving them new desires. So, he says, a year ago you started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. So now Paul says, what took place a year ago as the Holy Spirit moved in and began to change your desires, now you have these new desires. You were chasing the world. You were chasing worldly desires. You were chasing all of these things. But now the Holy Spirit is changing your desires. Now what do you do as you you feel these changes? Now what do you do as your heart begins to to want to, to give to the things that God wants you to give to? What do you do? You respond by giving. You respond by taking action and doing it. Now, a lot of us, we go to the doctor, the doctor says, You're overweight, you need to lose 20 pounds. Thirty pounds whatever it may be and and you say a lot for a lot of us we have that desire we we, yeah you're right man I've been having these health problems and and that's probably a a key issue there I, I want to do that I want to get in shape I want to lose the weight but then what happens the desire is there but we don't take action We don't get into the gym. We don't go walk. We don't uh, push back from the dinner table, right? The desire is there to be healthy. But if we don't get up and put that desire into action, we won't achieve healthiness. We're going to stay where we are. You know, it's the same way in the Christian life. It's the same way in the Christian life. God moves in. He begins to work in our hearts. He begins to change our desires. We want what God wants. We want to live a moral life. We want to put away our past, our sinful past, and we want to live a moral life. We want to be generous givers, to give of what God has graciously given to us. The desire is there, but what's missing is, is the action paul says generous giving by taking that action it leads to gener- to to our maturity as christians christ has given us the example he is the king of generous givers he gave it all we want to be like christ as christians that's what we say we want to be we want to be like him we look to the big guy. We look to Christ. We want to be like him. If we want to be like him, then we've got to start acting like him. We've got to put the desire into action so that we might grow into maturity. We might grow to be like Christ. We value generous giving because of our church's legacy, Christ's legacy, and because it helps us to grow to be like jesus oh that we would all want to be more like jesus so those are the three reasons we value generous giving we value generous giving so then we move on now to three keys to generous giving three keys to generous giving i know i'm flying right It's the fastest I've ever moved. We're going to fly through this, but we're going to get through all of these. Three reasons we value generous giving. First of all, we are, excuse me, three keys to generous giving, if I can keep my thoughts straight. Three keys to generous giving. First, the first key to generous giving is give for equality. Give for equality. And let me just read uh, 12 through 15 to finish out the, the section for if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has not, according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Right? It's out of your means. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, or, or some translations say, of equality, a matter of equality. But as a matter of fairness or equality, your abundance at the present time should supply their needs. Those who are in need, it should supply their needs so that their abundance may supply your need. That there may be fairness or equality. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. We give for equality. And that is, God, we understand, as Christians, we understand that everything that we have is God's. Everything. I have a job because God blessed me and gave me a job. The money that we have in our bank account, which is not a whole lot, but but it's there because God gave it to us. It's all His. These clothes that I'm wearing, they're God's. They belong to Him. He gave them to me. Everything that we have belongs to God. And God has graciously given everything that we have to us to take care of, to manage, to be stewards of His blessings and His grace. So everything that we have belongs to God. And God in a moment, you read the story of Job, God in a moment can take it all away. God giveth And God taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. God can give us whatever he wants to give us, and he can take away all that he wants to take away from us. It all belongs to God. So out of what God gives us, and we know God gives some people more and some people less. That's just the way it is in our world. God gives some people more, some people less. But he gives those people more, not so they can hoard it up, but so that they can give. And bless others. 1 Timothy uh, chapter, 16, or chapter 6, verse 17 says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything we enjoy. Everything that we have belongs to him. And so we, we give freely of what God has blessed us with out of the abundance that he has blessed us with. Now, he's not asking us to go into debt. God doesn't ask us to go go charge up your credit card to take care of of, of another person's needs. He's not asking us to do that. He's not asking us to go beyond our means, not not to go beyond what He has blessed us with, but He is asking us to take a portion of our blessing that He has blessed us with and use that to give to others who are in need. We're not to store it all up. Yeah, we save for retirement because that's what we have to do, but, but we don't just hoard it all up. We take and give it to others. We give for equality, to take care of those who don't have. And then in return, when, when we need, right, when we have troubles in our life, when we need something, then we have others who come and take care of us, who help provide for us. We give. It's a give and take. It's a give and take. So we give for equality. Second, we give sacrificially. We give sacrificially. Uh, You know, this is not he's not just talking about giving your spare change. We could all do that. We could all just empty oh okay, you need some oh here here's some here's some change. Right? Uh, That's not the giving that God requires of us. He's not requiring us just to simply give of our spare change. He's asking for a sacrifice. Jesus made a sacrifice. It it ought to hurt a little bit. We ought to look at our life and say, okay, what are some luxuries that I can give up so that I can help someone else out? It may be instead of buying a brand new car, oh, we buy a used car so that we can take that extra money that we have left over and, and begin to, to give to ministry or give to someone else who has a need. It may be as simple as saying, well, you know what? really like Starbucks coffee. I really enjoy my double chocolate latte, mate, fluffy whatever. I really like that, and, and you know it costs me seven bucks every day to go by and get that, that Starbucks coffee, but you know what? Instead, I'm going to take my 50-cent cup of coffee at home, and I'm going to give all the rest of that money back to the ministry that God is doing. It's, it's sacrificial giving. We need to give out of the abundance that God has given us, but it, it should cost us something. After all, it cost Jesus his life. We give sacrificially. Jesus tells of the the poor widow. Jesus standing there in the the temple said, he he looked and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box and he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. We give for equality, we give sacrificially. Third, we give responsibly. We give responsibly, and this is important. We must give responsibly. We're not to give to any and every little thing that comes along. We have to be responsible with our giving. Let me give you a couple examples, and you kind of just answer back to me what you think here. All right, should you give to a, a man who comes in, and, and he's, he needs some groceries because he spent all of his check on, on alcohol. No, absolutely not. That's not giving responsibly. But what about a single mother who works three jobs to put food on her table and her car breaks down and she has to make a choice whether we, we have supper or I get my car fixed so I can go to work next week. How about helping her? Absolutely. Absolutely. We give responsibly. We we look to those that God has put in our path who have a, a real need. There's a need there and we provide that need. We must give responsibly in that we as we give responsibly we 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 also want to always give with the gospel with a gospel centeredness always ministering giving people what they truly need more than money they need the gospel of Jesus Christ and the riches of heaven we also give with priority always encourage people to give with priority. If We start with our church, our local community. That's the the community that God has put us in. That's our immediate community that we we look to the needs in our community and we give to our church first, our church people first, and then we go out from there. Think of the the circles and we go to our community here. Those in need and are around in our community and we help uh, through like Care and Hope Ministries and other things like that, and then we extend out to our world, a supporting missions and, and endeavors such as that. So, three keys to generous giving, give for equality, give sacrificially, and give responsibly. Jesus tells the parable of the rich fool. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years relax eat drink be merry but god said to him fool this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared whose will they be though it is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward god We must be generous givers. Not storing up for ourselves. Not hoarding away all of God's riches for ourselves. But generously giving to those who are in need. So, now let us end with three ways to respond with generous giving. Three ways to respond with generous giving. First of all, the first way that we respond as a church with generous giving is giving your tithe. Giving your tithe. God tells us as Christians that the the minimum that we ought to be giving is 10%. 10% of our gross income, whatever that may be. That's the minimum. That's the minimum. It goes up from there. You, 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 you give graciously. You give abundantly above that, but you begin with the tithe by, by simply giving 10% to the local church so that the local church can function and minister and and, and give and provide for needs around us. I love this Malachi verses verse 310. The Lord challenges, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. When you're faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. Now, this is not health and wealth. This doesn't mean if you give $100, God's going to replace it with 200 But when you're faithful to give as God has called you to give, he will bless you immeasurably. Be faithful to give the tithe. Second, give to LOFJ. Give to our love offering for Jesus. That's how our church, we, we love our world, right? We love our world through, through giving to other missions, L-O-F-J, you have there in your insert, or in the, in the bulletin there, you have the insert. It shows us our love offering for Jesus for 2019. Our love offering for Jesus with all of our goal, We hope as a church, as a community of the Lord, to raise $40,000 to give to gospel-centered missions. To give to Lottie Moon, to Annie Armstrong, to Georgia Barnett, to uh, World Hunger The children's home down in Monroe. King's Camp that minister to our children and our community. We want to give money to all of these because we see and we've decided as a church those are worthy God-centered causes to give to. And so if you want to be a generous giver, pledge to give generously to our love offering for Jesus so that we can provide for needs of our missionaries or orphans or children. So I challenge you even today, even in this moment, to make a pledge. That's what this this is a pledge card. And so I want to make I want you to make a pledge today. I commit to love my world by giving. There's the amount. You decide what is proper for you. I'm going to give this amount per you can say week, month, quarter, year, however you want to break it down. I'm going to pledge to give this much for this allotted time on this time scale to our love offering for Jesus to support gospel-centered missions and ministries. I want you to make that pledge today. I, don't put your name. There's no place for a name. Don't put your name on it. I don't want to know your name. I'm not going to call you up and, and keep account. That's going to be between you and the Lord, but you fill this out. And in a moment when the offering plate comes by, I challenge you to put that in the offering plate as a pledge for generously giving to our love offering for Jesus. Also, there's envelopes already there for you. You can start today if you'd like to give to our love offering for Jesus. So you give your tithe, you give to L-O-F-J, and third, you give generously of your time miss sue was talking about earlier boy you can there's more than just money i know this has kind of been centered on money and a lot of times when we talk about uh, giving we, we center on money money because that is an important aspect of it but it's more than that it's not just your money it's your time it's your time serving the Lord in ministry. Find your place. Last week, I handed out, last Sunday night, I handed out the, the assessment tool to help people understand their spiritual gifts, their personalities, to help un- them understand, help you understand where might be a proper fit for you in the ministry of the church. And so if you didn't get one, come see me, I'll get you one. But fill that out and and discover where where would you best fit, where would you best be used to serve the Lord and then get involved, take time. You you can use this, 10% of your time every week to give to the Lord, to serve Him in gospel-centered ministry. Give generously of your tithe, give generously to the LOFJ and give generously of your time we as a church value generous giving and y'all are already generous givers i'm not trying to to get you to gig you to give more because you're generous givers but we need to re- be reminded sometime don't we even the most generous among us need to be reminded that god has blessed us not so that we can hoard up for ourselves But he has blessed us so that we can bless others with the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ. We value generous giving. Commit then to faithful tithing. Commit to to giving to LOFJ. And commit to serving the Lord with your time and your talents. Today, by way of invitation, I'm going to call the deacons up. Because this is how I want you to respond. I want to give you a chance to respond to the day's message by being generous giving, by giving of your tithe. Celebrating that. Use it as an act of worship. Rejoice as you put the envelope or or the, the cash, whatever, in the plate. Rejoice. God, I'm giving this to you. Thank you for it. And here it is back. Do wondrous things with it. Respond by generously giving to the Lord you may not have that desire because you don't have the Spirit working inside you. Maybe you came looking for truth, looking for uh, the meaning of life, all of these things. Christ died for you. He zeroed his, out His account for you. He died for you. So that he might give you all the riches of heaven. You will only trust in him. And turn your life over to him today. Your giving starts by giving Jesus your life. And trusting him with it. I pray you do that today. As the deacons come. As the, the, those who take up our offering come even as they begin to take up the offering in a minute after I pray for it, after I bless it. If you have questions about anything that was talked about today or you just need to to pray to the Lord and, and dedicate your bank account to Him, then I invite you, even in this time, to step out and come. Now let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank You for all that You give to us. Lord, You give us everything. We are completely bankrupt without your grace. Materially and spiritually, we thank you, Lord, for all that you give to us. We thank you most of all for the salvation and the riches we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, Lord, take this offering that we're about to to give of ourselves. Oh, Lord, take it and use it for your glory and your name's sake. Extend your kingdom with your riches. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.